Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Sunday service, whoever you are. I don't know exactly who everyone is because of the masks. <laughs> um, I will build my church too. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the church, and I continue to talk about it today. Let me pray, and then we'll begin. Lord, thank you for this time that we can gather together to worship you. Thank you for the, the grace that you give us as we come into your presence for the word of God that renews our minds and strengthens our souls. We pray that you would meet us here through worship, through your word, and help us to be strengthened by you, to serve you, to live for you, to show you to this world. We depend on you for this time. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so seriously, I will build my church too. Number two, part two. Because we talked about the church a couple of weeks ago. And uh, when we did talk about it, we talked about it a little more broadly. About, uh, we talked about things like God's vision or purpose for the church. Uh, which is to preach the, the gospel for the salvation of souls. Talked about that. Talked about how the church will always face opposition because the salvation of souls is a spiritual battle, it's a spiritual matter. And how God guarantees victory for the church because it's his church. He said, I will build my church. And so we talked about those kinds of things a little more broadly. We'll continue to talk about the church today, but a little more personally, like for me now. What does it mean for me, for us, to be a part of the church? How do I, um, uh, how do I, like, how can I be helped as a member of a local church? Or, or what am I responsible for, for the sake of others, as a member of the local church? So, so things like that, when I think about, I think it's very relevant for us, especially in a time of the pandemic, with the limitations that we have, and then also, we, also as we think about, you know, usually August, this is a time of year when we're thinking about and, and preparing for September to reach out to new people and things like that. And, and um, so I think it's a relevant thing to think about at this time. Okay, so first, the meaning of the church. <clears throat> the meaning of the church. Again, the verse that we talked about a couple weeks ago, Matthew 16, 18. I tell you, Jesus says, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we talked about already the meaning of the church last time, and we just want to clarify it a little further to understand the meaning of the word church. Okay, so now to understand that word church, I think we, we can illustrate it in this way. And this is the first thing that kind of came to my mind, so I'll, I'll use this. I thought of the word upgrade. The word upgrade. It's a compound word consisting of the word up and grade. Up means toward a higher place. Grade means the level of or the rank of or the quality of something. Now put them together. Upgrade means to improve, right? So the word church is kind of like that in Greek. The word church is a compound word consists of 
two words, out and called. Out and called. Put them together. Um, so, out, so we talked about that last time, right? It, literally, the word means to be called out. Put them together, out and called, the word means assembly or gathering. So the idea is that the people are called out of their homes to a public gathering. Called out, literally called out, but it means assembly or gathering. So called out of your homes to a public gathering. For example, Deuteronomy 4.10, Gather the people to me, God says. Gather the people to me that I may let them hear my words so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on earth. Okay? So the Greek translation of that word gather is the word church. Okay? Gathering, assembly, or something like that. Acts 19, 39. But if you seek anything further, it shall be settled in the regular assembly. The word assembly is church. Again, the very basic meaning of the word church is a group of people gathered together. Now, if we put those things together, if we try to understand the word, the word definition, church, in the context of biblical theology, then... Christians are people who are called out, like we talked about before, called out of the world into a relationship with God, right? Called out of sin, called out of the world, called out of self-centeredness to follow Christ. Then the church is an assembly, a gathering, assembly of those followers of Christ who have been called out to follow Christ. An assembly of those people who are, who are followers of Christ who gather together to worship God and to fulfill his mission in this world. That's the church. Now that implies that there's the church with a capital C, church, and there's the church with a small c, church. The church with a capital C is a universal church. All the people in the world who believe in Jesus Christ uh, and the church with a small c is a local church. An assembly of believers in one place gathered together to worship and to preach the gospel. And, of course, CLC is one of the many local churches, small c, one of the local small churches in the world. That's the meaning of the church. Secondly, the members of the church. Now, if the church is an assembly or a gathering of believers, then that means that one person does not make a church. Right? The church, by definition, consists of two or more gathered together. One very familiar, prominent way the New Testament talks about the church is through the, the human body illustration. For example, Romans 12, verse 4, Paul says, for as one body, we have many members. Right? Talking about the physical body. As one body, we have many members. And the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Paul uses the body of Christ analogy to show how each member in the church might be different but important in the church. 
He says, many members are one body, just like the physical body. In the church, many members are one body and individually members one of another. Think about that. Individually members one of another. I mean, that's kind of a mysterious thing that we kind of have to think. Like, we got to... We got to think about it. We got to dwell on that. We have to actually like think about that because it's not easy for us to understand that kind of concept. Right? What does it mean that we're individually members one of another? I mean, we live in a very individualistic society where life is primarily about me, right? We're individualistic in our Western society. Life is primarily about me. And along that same vein of belief, Life is about me, and then like, and then we can we can broaden that a little bit to care about me and my family. So really, like the Western way of thought is me, my family here, and then everyone else over there. But what what Paul teaches here about the church contradicts that kind of thinking. He says, when you come to know Jesus. You belong to the greater church and then the local church. And individually, we become members one of another. Like, What in the world does that mean? Again, it's hard for us to comprehend this concept. We know what the words mean when he says that. I, I know literally what that means. But it's hard to understand that experientially. Because that kind of thinking is so foreign to us. Members one of another. But somehow, that's what the Bible teaches. That each part of the body of Christ, if I belong to the body of Christ, to this particular local church, each part of the body of Christ belongs to each other. 1 Corinthians twelve fourteen. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Same chapter, verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So there's a, there's a one another, one another aspect to the church that's prominent. It's essential for the church to be the church. So, for example, the church is called to love one another, one another, care for one another, forgive one another, serve one another. The mission of the church is to be accomplished together with one another. We're commanded to build one another up, to pray for one another. This one another aspect of church is so prominent because we're the body of Christ belonging to each other. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Paul says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. So each member of the church is commanded to, it says, build up the other members of the church. And uh, that has to do with the fact that the church has to be healthy to function properly as the church. And a healthy church is essential because, as we talked about, it's the church that's been entrusted with the gospel of salvation that will change the world. So because the, the health of the church is important, 
build up one another, encourage one another, and each part plays a role. I thought, you know, we can think of it in this way. Let's say this person, Sue, there's no one named Sue, so I can say Sue. Let's say this person, Sue, is a member of the local church, right? Sue's neighbors are dealing with all kinds of worldly disorders. Her neighbors, like the people who she lives around, are dealing with all kinds of different things. There's unbelief, adultery, sexism, racism, gender dysphoria, abortion, materialism, and so on. A lot of things that are prominent in our culture today. Sue's neighbors are dealing with all these things. Now, I mean, of course, we're simplifying it, but if you ask the question, how can Sue's neighbors change? Simplifying it, but ultimately it's through the gospel, right? If Sue's neighbors hear the gospel and come to know Christ, ultimately that's how people change. But Sue's neighbors can come to know Christ only if Sue or the Sue's of the neighborhood only if Sue is, is, is healthy, right? spiritually healthy, walking faithfully with the Lord. So in that sense, Sue is the most important person on her block because she has the message of the gospel. So that means Sue's spiritual health is important. It's important to the well-being, not only of herself, for her family, for her friends, for her co-workers, for her neighbors. You see, that's why it's so important that each member of the church build up one another. It's important for each member of the church to build up the church because the church is not a building, it's not an organization, it's people. It's the people who are going to go and impact wherever they go their family, their workplace, neighborhood, and so on. It's the Sioux of the world that are going to impact their neighborhood today and tomorrow with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul says, therefore, encourage one another, build one another up just as you are doing. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, 1 Timothy 3, 15, Paul says, if I delay you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God. The household of God, the family of God, which is the church of the living God. You know, when people post pictures of their church friends on social media, right? And then they write things like, oh, my church family. When they do things like that, that's actually a very biblically correct view. Because in Paul's view here, the local church is a family. It's the household of God. And that's why there are a lot of parallels that we can draw between an earthly family and the spiritual family. Uh, every, every family is a family. But not every family is a good family. And that's why the people in the family have to work at making it a good family. And in the same way, the members of the church have to build up one another 
so that the people in that church spiritual family can be healthy and grow as God intended for us to be. Let me also mention here that this is also why it's important um, concerning our, you know, the what we're hearing today in our culture. This, this is also why it's important to, to hear from, to understand, to care for the struggles um, in the black community that our black brothers and sisters are going through in our society today. Because the gospel is to break down racism and make every believer one in Christ, right? One spirit, one body, Jews or Greek, all drink of one spirit, it's what 1 Corinthians 12 talks about. So just as we labor to build up the local church, we also labor to build up the greater church. Now, and I, and I, and I mentioned this, like, how should we do this? How should we do this? Um, does this mean that every church should be a multi-ethnic church? Now, I don't think so, um, but this is, a, this is a good question to think about. Like, how should we do this? Have we in our church been doing enough as one local church to build up the needs of the greater church? I don't know, probably not. So we wrestle. I wrestle with that question. How do we maintain our, ide our identity as one local church with a particular calling and mission and still participate in and contribute to the greater cause of the universal church. The members of the church, thirdly, lastly, the church under pandemic. The church under pandemic. Now these are obviously unusual times. It's an unusual time for the, for the entire world it's also an unusual time for the church, for the church of Jesus Christ. So can a church uh, still be the church during the pandemic? Maybe some people feel like um, church during the pandemic is great. Maybe some of you feel like you really like it like this. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to go to church and talk to the people that I don't like. Just stay home, click a button, and I can worship online. You know, just like you don't have to go to the wall, the, the, you don't have to go to the mall anymore these days because you can order everything on Amazon. In the same way, why do I need to actually go to church if I can worship God at home? Right? I can just make sure and care for my own spiritual life, that I'm having a, uh, maintaining a good spiritual life, my relationship with God, I can do that on my own. Okay. So why do I need to go to church? But like we said, by definition, the church is an assembly gathered to worship and to obey the Great Commission. So can a church still be a church in a pandemic? Yes, I think so. And we're trying our best, right? Utilizing our Zoom meetings uh, for small group and 
utilizing Facebook and so on, even though it's tiring being online for many people, like we're trying. But are there limitations to being a church during the pandemic? Yes, for sure, there are limitations. We haven't been able to gather together for several months in the way that we normally would, even though, again, God's way of the way that he designed the church to work is through the gathering and being together of believers. So encourage one another, build one another up, like that kind of command. Encourage one another and build one another up. How can I do that if I cannot be together with others, right? It's hard to encourage one another when you're alone. So that means people aren't around to encourage, encourage me, right? So I'm missing out on that grace that I would normally be experiencing through that other person. It also means that I'm not there to encourage that other person as well. So in that sense, we're both missing out on the grace of God of being blessed and also being a blessing. So there's just one example of ways that there are limitations by not being together. And also many people are not actively serving right now, whether it's in the church or in the community or elsewhere. And the thing is, when we don't serve, we tend to become inwardly focused and we don't grow. It limits our growth when we're not looking outwardly, we're not serving, we're not giving to others. When you don't serve, you don't grow. So that kind of dynamic also is, at, is in play. I was also thinking, when was the last time you felt uncomfortable talking with someone? You see, because when you actually go to church, you encounter those situations every week or even like every small group meeting. You're constantly encountering people that make you feel uncomfortable to talk to that you kind of have to kind of like gradually walk away from them. But thing is, those kinds of situations are actually good for us because those situations actually train us to love others. But these days, we can choose to only be around the people that we want to be around. And living like that for many months is actually not good for us. So it's not surprising that people might be struggling spiritually right now. Because being a church is definitely harder as people are isolated. Um, there are a few options that we're thinking about as a church leadership to help us in this situation. One is, the sanctuary is open for those who are, who are able and want to come for live Sunday worship. And uh, we're, we're, we're taking safety measures, like wearing masks. I still don't know who some of you are. Um, wearing masks the entire time that we're here, uh, taping off. And, Every other pew, I think, is taped off so people can sit distanced. And uh, we'll actually post some safety guidelines this week so everyone in our church can be aware of what to expect on Sundays if they come. But, um, but that option might not be open to everyone, right? Because 
we're aware at the same time that some of you might be dealing with factors like having a family member with certain medical conditions, so you have to be extra cautious. Okay. So option is there for people who are able, who want to come, who are able to come for Sunday live worship. We're also considering holding outdoor worship. How many of you just out of curiosity who are here would like that? Okay. How many of you online would like that? Give a thumbs up right now. And then I'll, I'll ask Christine how many thumbs there were. So many churches are taking their worship outdoors these days because it's safer. Um, Christine was actually out walking I don't know actually if she's walking or running. I think she's upgraded to running now, like running like half marathon lengths and stuff like that. Um, anyway, so she was out this morning and then she sent me a video clip of a Korean church in Shoreview having outdoor worship. Right? So in this video, I heard Korean hymn blasting on the speaker as the church worshipped in their parking lot, the neighbors probably stepping out trying to figure out like where that weird music's coming from. I don't know, maybe that's like, maybe that's Irene's church. I don't know. Um, so maybe we'll do something like that, weather permitting. Worship in the SVC parking lot. Uh, we can like section off which parking spots you can use. Bring your own chairs. Bring your own snacks and worship and fellowship afterwards. And we can try to build one another up in that way. Um, actually, next week is Pastor Thomas's last Sunday with us. And so uh, we are going to do something outdoors after church service. So try to be available for that. Okay. So we're thinking of different things, but no matter what we decide to do, my main exhortation to our church is, as members of this local church, do your best to encourage one another and build one another up. Okay? Do what you can as individuals who belong to one another to encourage one another and to build one another up. I officiated three weddings so far during the pandemic. And, uh, and I'll share with you what I learned through those weddings. These couples who got married really, really wanted to get married. And they were so in love that there was nothing that was going to stop them from getting married. Not even a deadly virus that can kill them. Why? Because for them, they're so in love, being together is worth it. I gladly take the risk of death to be with you. Because to be apart from you is like that. I'm sorry, if you're one of the people that got married, I'm not, don't hate me, don't be upset at me. Just kind of 
being a little facetious, but just, you know, understand just that kind of heart of wanting to be together. Because being together is worth it. Because being together is strengthening for my soul. Really, like, I want to be with this person. And I saw that and I learned this. That this is what it means to really want something. And if I really want something, I'll give all of myself to that end. I really want to get married. Life is not worth living apart from this person, being together with you. They make their marriage vows. And for that end, I'll make it happen. Really, like, may that be, may that be the attitude in our hearts as we follow Jesus Christ. And when I'm with God, when I'm with God, He strengthens my soul. So I don't want to be away from Him. I want to be with Him. I don't want to just live a comfortable pandemic life away from Him. His life, if I'm really honest, is not worth living apart from God. And because God is so worthy, and because He's so worthy of my worship, I'm going to give Him all that I have, all of my worship, whether that means getting in the car and going to worship, or or singing with all of my heart in front of my computer in my living room. I'm going to give myself, all of myself, to worship God. And along with that, I really want to build up the church of Jesus Christ. So that may mean something as small and simple as faithfully participating in the post-service Zoom fellowship and committing to care for the people, whomever shows up. I'm committed to be there and to love that person. It may mean something small like, I'm just going to email my pastors. Because they might be discouraged. As many pastors are having a hard time trying to, trying to shepherd their church during the pandemic. So I'm just going to email them and offer a word of encouragement. Yes, there are definitely limitations and being a church during the pandemic, but no matter what the circumstances are, we can be a thriving church together as we depend on God together. I pray that we would do what we can to care for one another, reach out. I mean, think about that. Really, I just ask you to think about that, to pray about it. Maybe people in our, in our community struggling right now that can, need, that can really use your encouragement, that we can come together and serve one another and be a thriving, strengthening church together. Yeah, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the many different ways that you provide us with uh, the grace of God around us, through one another, through people around us, through a community that strengthens us, enables us to experience your personal love and grace for us. Uh, and uh, especially in this time 
Help us to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to others. And together help us to rise up and be the church that will declare and proclaim the gospel to those that are in need of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your great love for us that does not change no matter what the circumstances are. We thank you that you are that eager, uh, uh, wanting to be with us, wanting to have a relationship with us, that you sent your son Jesus to die on our, on our behalf. And, uh, pray that you would help us to really uh, pursue after you in the in hearing your call for us to, to receive your strength. Um, and we pray that as we receive from you, we can give to others and be a blessing to others and be the church of Jesus Christ that proclaims the gospel to this world. Uh, strengthen us, especially for those who are struggling these days. Pray that you would use the body of Christ to lift up our hearts and, uh, and help us to go to the people around us they might know Christ as well. Thank you, Lord. We depend on you. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, this incredible unchanging love of the Father God, and the fellowship, and the strength, and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you both now and forever. Amen.